Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. I'm your host, Jody Krangle, and this podcast will discuss just how sound influences our behavior. I generally talk about this in the context of advertising and marketing, but there are other places this is important too. I really feel that it plays a much more important role in our lives than maybe we realize. So let's delve a little deeper. This is the first part of my interview with Maury Zelkovich. Hi, and thanks for joining me. My guest today has overcome a lot of challenges. As a child, he dealt with everything from hearing thousands of voices in his head to severe depression. He also had a very big mouth, was always getting into trouble, and was unbelievably accident-prone. Something inside him made him start looking into the brainwave entrainment field when he began to observe that sometimes time would seem to move faster and more pleasantly than other times. He eventually made the connection that when time seemed to move quicker, the sounds he was hearing were more rhythmic in nature, and when time seemed to painfully stand still, the surrounding sounds were far more disjointed. After many years of using other people's products with some limited success, he was determined to figure out why these recordings seemed to work only in a minor way when all of the research he read suggested they should have more effect. He decided that the best route to understanding was learning at the feet of an expert in the field. So he contacted the world's foremost expert in the field of brainwave entrainment and discovered some invaluable secrets. Now he has conquered those extra voices in his head and the severe depression, and his mission in life is to help others improve the quality of their lives without the use of dangerous and habit-forming drugs. Maury Zelkovich is his name, and you can find more information on him and his research at themorymethod.com. That's themorymethod.com. I'll include other links in the show notes, but for now, let's get right to it. I wanted to sort of get more into this and ask you what your background is in all this and what your degree is in and what you mean by brainwave entrainment, because that is a totally new subject for me. Sure. And I can let you know about my education, too, because mm-hmm. that's a good interesting question I get all the time is how I got accredited yeah. as a brainwave entrainment engineer. One wouldn't think that there's a, an accreditation for that kind of thing. <laughs> well. The truth is, I coined the phrase. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Brainwave entrainment engineer didn't exist before me. Okay. Sooner, you know, with anything in the human experience, there's a beginning. Mm-hmm. And it's funny when I get a customer asking me where I got trained when they know I'm the first and only brainwave entrainment engineer. Well, how did you train yourself is more the question, I guess. There you go. That's yeah. exactly the question. So how I trained myself is very simple. My experience in life made me need to train myself in something because I used to wake up every morning and look out the window and cross my fingers and hope, hope, hope that when I opened the curtains, I would see mushroom clouds aplenty because if I saw a mushroom cloud, it meant I didn't have to live through another day. Yeah, that's not a great way to go through the day. (laughs) Not a great way to start the day anyway. No. (laughs) And... What happened was I, of course, never saw mushroom clouds, so I would get more and more depressed. Thankfully. Well, it turns out. Or we wouldn't be here at all. (laughs) Exactly. Thankfully for all of us, actually, that I didn't see mushroom clouds, especially people in my part of the world, because, you know, Uh lots of nuclear explosions happen all over the planet and they don't necessarily affect you directly. It's true. That's true. But odds are if they were happening near my window, pretty much everyone would have been experiencing them. But that shows you how desperate I was and how depressed I was, Mm -hmm. that 
I didn't just want me to be gone. I wanted everything gone. Now, that didn't mean I was the kind of guy who's going to pick up a gun and, you know, go into a shopping mall. I never had any feeling like that or any desire like that. It was just my depression was so dark that I, I just wanted everything to be over. I, I didn't, you know, if you smiled, if you laughed, I took that as a personal insult that you were laughing at me that I can't. Mm, I see. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I couldn't. I could, but it was faking. So where do you go from there? Well, that's the whole thing, right? So how did I become a brainwave entrainment engineer? I went to doctors because I tried to kill myself a bunch of times. And let's face it, if you want to die, it's not that tough. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're a little soft and, and squishy. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's very well put, actually. Yeah, we're like gummy bears. Yeah. So obviously, I didn't really want to die. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Because it never and worked, I kind of realized, thankfully. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, it was easy to do or would have been easy to mm -hmm. do had I truly wanted to. So when I realized I couldn't die, I had to find, you know, I couldn't find a way to die. I had to find a way to live. So I started looking into everything I possibly could that might help me to live because I couldn't live like this. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't. It was just at the time I called it hell. Now I call it a learning experience. <laughs> yeah. If at the time... I would have called it a learning experience. I would have been much better off because then I would have learned something from it, which is, I believe it was trying to teach me something the whole time and I wasn't listening. And when you don't listen to a message, it gets louder and louder and louder because you're loved, you love yourself. So mm -hmm. you keep hitting yourself harder when you go, when you tap yourself on the shoulder to say, Hey, I've got something to teach you. And I go, oh, what's that fly on my shoulder? <laughs> get away yeah. from me, right? So you keep wiping it off and you ignore it. Well, it wants to help you. So it goes, hello, hello, hello. And it goes bigger and bigger and louder and louder and stronger and stronger. And you think your life sucks and you think everything hates you and the universe hates you. Mm -hmm. But in reality, everything loves you and you're just too stupid to pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Or let me not talk generally. <laughs> I can speak for myself. Yeah. I'm too stupid to pay attention. <laughs> so that's really, you know, what happens. So I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm trying all these different techniques. And I'm not getting any results from any of them, none of them. Mm -hmm. But as I'm working and trying different techniques, I'm realizing that I need to get a better handle, a better understanding of what's going on with me. So I start reading medical journals and I start reading medical reports and medical studies and psychological studies and social studies and this study and that study. And I started piecing together little things and it kind of made sense to me because I have loving parents. I always had clothes. I always had food. I mean, we weren't, you know, rich, 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 mm -hmm. but we didn't, you know, I never had to miss a meal as far as I can remember, you know, and I always had heat in the winter. Yeah. We need the heat. <laughs> we need the heat where we are. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I kind of just kept looking and digging and everything. You know, they didn't have the internet back then. Of course. Yeah. You know. Cause I'm an old man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, I feel younger today than I've ever felt. So there you go. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Let's that's get to how that happened. Well, exactly. <laughs> so the bottom line is, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> say less, say less, say less. Yeah, I understand. I tend to ramble on. That's okay. Uh, but the bottom line is that really what happened was I eventually came across something that I thought would help in research mm -hmm. because it made sense to me that I, if I had nothing really wrong in my life and yet I'm always depressed, then there must be something wrong with me, not on a psychological level because I had no real triggers that would make me that way, but on a physiological level. 
and neurochemistry is basically the physiological level. My brain, I don't think was functioning properly. It wasn't able to produce what it needed to enough of. So I didn't get enough neurochemistry or maybe it was overproducing something and it was ODing me and whatever. Mm -hmm. So I figured out brainwave entrainment from there. I kind of naturally started searching and I found something called brainwave entrainment and brainwave entrainment is simply when you listen to a song you like on the radio and you start bopping up and down and you start tapping your toes. That's a form of entrainment. You are, and oftentimes with music, you're not even conscious of the fact sure. that you're bopping up and down or tapping your foot. That's entrainment. It's a cell or cells or a group of cells responding to a stimulus that is constant and regular. And most music, even though it'll have like guitar riffs and drum beats and this and that and everything else, usually there's a steady pulse through it, a kind of a system where it, da, 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 you know, like four by four, mm-hmm. four by three, there's always some kind of a pattern yeah. in music. It, you know, everything's math, whether people realize it or not, you know, mm-hmm. everything is math. So entrainment is the act of using a stimulus. In my case, it was sound and light through the eyes and through the ears. You like how I did that? For those of you that couldn't see, I said eyes and I pointed to my ears. <laughs> and then when I said ears, I pointed to my eyes. A little dyslexic there. I uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, I found that brainwave entrainment might actually serve the purpose because I formulated or postulated that when the brain is functioning at various frequencies, that must be what dictates the chemistry that's produced. Mm-hmm. So if my chemistry is wrong, then my brainwaves must be off. And if I could find some way to influence my brainwaves, thus chemistry, I should feel better or at least different to know that I'm on the right track. So of course, I didn't know about brainwave entrainment at first. So I drank myself silly. I was a sex addict. I was a drug addict. I mean, I was addicted to everything I could find Mm -hmm. to try to find some peace and to change. At the most, that helped me for a few seconds. And then when I came across brainwave entrainment, I thought, oh, fantastic. Finally, I have the, you know, the key to the kingdom, as they say. And I used it and I kept looking and it didn't help me at all. Why do you think that was? Because for me, at least they weren't doing it right. It turns out, and I discovered later on that much of the, many of the products, much of the technology that was out there and still is out there is actually based on flawed science. Oh, okay. And that's the reason why it wasn't helping me. So I had to decide, am I going to just live like this for the rest of my life? Because now I've spent years and years and years researching. And the only thing I could find that would help me is this. Doctors at the time didn't give pills for everything. So they just said, you're coping really well, Maury. So there's really not much we can do. And I thought, why do I have to cope? (laughs) Yeah, It's not fair that I have to cope. Sure. What did I do to deserve this, right? Mm -hmm. And what I did to deserve this was I'm supposed to be who I am today and who I will be tomorrow. And that's how you get clay molded into shape. You have experience. So I'm actually grateful for it all. But it made me create my own variety, my own methodology that created entrainment. And that entrainment helped me a lot. I want to go back just a tiny bit because you mentioned flawed science and I'm wondering like where, what was the the flaw in the scientific experiments or the way that they developed entrainment previously? Well, the application really, Mm -hmm. because entrainment's been around, I think, since the dawn of mankind, you know, since since the first time a cave guy or girl took a rock and started smashing it against another rock in a rhythmic pattern. 
Or Well, you know, I just had an interview with a guy named Joshua Rogers who teaches kids how to be more confident through hip hop. Oh, there you go. So like he uses music. Yeah. Exactly. And and he talks about creating playlists to get you through the day. So exactly what you were talking about previously, where certain music just makes you feel a certain way. Yes. You know, that definitely uh, holds true for a lot of people. Oh, I agree. And I think that's a brilliant way to go about it, too. So the, the whole idea of, of um, like, the, the scientific experiments that they would have done on this previously, like, why didn't that work for you? Okay, I believe, and again, this is my opinion, that okay, it's flawed sure. science. Yeah. Okay, because scientists are like anybody else. We all have opinions. Of course. Much like something else that the old line goes, which I yes. won't say, because this is probably uh, too clean an audience for that. Yeah. It's not a midnight PG. show. Yeah, it's, not, it's not on after midnight, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. so it's, it's on whenever people want to listen, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those of you who are listening after midnight, you can infer what I was going to say. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so most of the entrainment that's out there now and before is using something called binaural beats, okay? And binaural beats are actually formed inside your head as opposed to to outside your head. What I mean by that is, you know, I'm wearing headphones right now. And if we had binaural beats playing, I would be perceiving, assuming that's the frequency, but let's just assume that's the frequency. However, if I were to remove one cup from my, say, my right ear, Mm-hmm. And for those of you at home, I actually did point to my right ear this time. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I try to learn from my errors. So when I did that, then you only hear, uh, you don't hear the pulse anymore. Oh, interesting. And if I put that earbud back and then I take this one away, the same thing happens. You'll only hear, uh, now you'll notice when I did that, I did two different frequencies. So one was a little higher than the other. What a binaural beat does is it fools your brain into thinking there's a beat. So let's say my left ear has a frequency of 100 hertz, Mm -hmm. which is a pretty low frequency. Not super low, but low. And then in the other ear, I have a frequency of 105 hertz. Mm -hmm. So that's 105 times on and off a second. What happens is the brain gets fooled into thinking that there's a pulse tone of the difference. So you have a hundred in one ear, you have five in the other. The brain hears bump, 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 but it's not really hearing that. It's not really experiencing that. So the problem with the binaural beat is when you're talking about entraining your brain, it's all about power. So with a binaural beat, you can imagine a gentle wave, not in an ocean, but in a pond. Mm-hmm. Okay, kind of like there's a light breeze in the morning and you look at a pond that had still water before the light breeze started and now you see just the slightest of peaks and valleys in the water. It's just barely moving up and down. Mm-hmm. That's a binaural beat. That's the effect a binaural beat has on the brain. Okay. Now, it can be very disassociative, which means kind of like when you listen, you know, you can put on a nature tape where you're listening tape or an mp3 or whatever you know, tape. <laughs> we're old <laughs> i'm old give me a break out there i knew so, what you meant <laughs> yeah i appreciate that so a recording of uh-huh. like nature it kind of allows you to disassociate from where you are you're indoors it might be snowing outside but you're listening to birds and crickets water flowing so it kind of disassociates you it takes you away mm-hmm. from you know, your current experience for the time that you're listening. And there's an advantage to that, no question. But I was so seriously far gone that I needed something more than just a Calgon bath that takes me away. So those beats were 
allowing you to disassociate? Is that well, to a, what they're intended to do? No, they're designed. Uh, originally, the research talks about, and it, you'll even talk to other people who sell binaural beats and create them, and they'll tell you it entrains the brain. But in reality, if it does, it's very minor. But entrains the brain to do what? <laughs> okay, what I'm curious entrainment, about. Like entrainment just, is like yeah. monkey see, monkey do. Uh-huh. So if you're hearing a pulse that's going bump, 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 and it's perfectly formed and it has enough of a you know valley and a peak, and you listen to it long enough, a dominant amount of your neurons in your brain will start following that frequency. Okay. That's entrainment. And what's the result of that? Well, the result of that is depending on what part of the brain and what frequency is pulsing, that dictates what chemistry is produced. I see. Okay. So So there's a reason for everything. You just don't have like people think of alpha and delta and delta sleep and beta is awake. That's not actually true because they assume that, okay, we're talking, we're awake, we're more or less alert. <laughs> so <laughs> more or less. <laughs> more or less. So you would assume that we're in beta and we might be in beta as our dominant brainwave pattern, but that does not preclude us also having areas of our brain where we are in gamma, which is faster, theta, alpha, even delta. Now, for me, I can tell you that if I was hooked up to an EEG right now, I'd probably be showing somewhere along alpha, theta as my dominant pattern. Okay. And I'm awake and alert. So what does that mean exactly then? What it means is- In, in layman terms, my because- in yeah. my, okay, my brain has been <laughs> yeah. trained over the years to be able to function on different levels. Mm -hmm. while at the same time being able to remain conscious, awake, and alert. In other words, certain brainwave states are associated with different states like awareness and learning and this and that and sleep, whatever, but it doesn't preclude you from being able to experience other brainwave states while you're awake and alert. So what is theta? What's the equivalent of that? What's that state? Okay. In a general, well, you're trying to pigeonhole me here. Well, I'm, I'm trying you. to explain to people who may not right. understand exactly okay. what you're saying. So, so, so let yeah. me go through that quickly then. <laughs> yeah. Beta is a fast brainwave state. Okay. okay it'd be like, bah, 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 that kind of thing. Gamma is yeah. even faster. And don't expect me to try to imitate that because I can't Okay, that's that. fine. Yeah. Okay. But the different states are all natural. Okay. Do and, they correspond to feelings? Is that what you're- No. Not really no. to feelings. Okay. Because okay. you can be sad in beta or sad in delta or sad in theta. You know, they don't really correspond to feelings. They just correspond to brainwave states that are natural states of the human condition. Mm -hmm. Now, my philosophy and my theory is that what happens is when we were cave people, our lives were much simpler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they were. I mean, uh -huh. okay, like you didn't really worry about anything. Or if you did, you had much, you know, a lot fewer things to worry about. Mm -hmm. you, you got up, you ate, you went to the washroom, you had sex. You didn't know why you had sex. It just felt good. That's probably why you <laughs> yeah. had it. Uh, you know, and then you hunted or gathered and then you went to sleep and you, the whole thing starts over again. You didn't have taxes. You didn't have money. You didn't have all this other, all this crap, right? You wanted to have a relationship. You just needed a club and a girl with hair, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Give her a okay. club, you're mine. <laughs> Drag her away. <laughs> so, but, but that's the thing. Things were much simpler. Now, yes, we've evolved from that time. There's no question about it. You look at the bone structure of Neanderthal man and, and, you know, Paleolithic age and all these things. And we're different. But essentially, the brain, though it's bigger, still has all the same functions, and it's still more or less designed the same way. So what that means is that we are designed to be functioning normally to get certain quantities, if you will, and qualities of neurochemistry. We get neurochemistry because of our brainwave activity. 
our lifestyle today, our society, our way of existing keeps us from getting into these states that we need to produce this chemistry. We need to be happy and healthy and normal, Mm -hmm. but we don't get into these states long enough. We don't hold the state long enough, the dominance long enough to produce the amount of neurochemistry that we are designed for. And as such, we are depressed. Mm -hmm. As such, we are anxious. As such, we are sad. As such, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And that's why these states are important. They're not important because, you know, so-and-so expert tells you, oh, you must be in alpha for meditation or you must be in this (laughs) for that. That's all a little crap. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's just human beings giving meaning to something that at the time they didn't understand. And now it's considered ancient knowledge and people for whatever reason, like, you know, they think of laws and ancient as being perfect. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the human experience is all about evolution. So if an idea doesn't evolve, then you should be questioning it. Sure. It's good to have it as a base, but if it's the same as it was thousands of years ago, odds are no matter how much you love the romanticism of it, it really doesn't have any positive effect for you unless it is evolved in some way or changed. So in your current research then, yes. how, how are you helping people with these beats that you've developed? Okay, good question. What my <laughs> beats allow for, because first of all, they're much higher. The peak in the valley is much different. There's mm-hmm. a large difference that allows for real entrainment for real entrainment to occur. The pulse really has to occur outside of the head. Okay. So not listening in headphones, you mean? Well, no listening in headphones, but it uh-huh. has to originate from the headphone, not from two separate stable, like solid tones. Uh, uh, oh, I see. It has okay. to be bop, bop, so bop, not bop, a bop, trick. outside of the head. Yeah. Because the effect on the neurochemistry and on the brainwave activity is a lot different. Now, binaural beats might serve for what they call hemispheric synchronization. So people call that whole brain thinking, synchronized brain, whatever. And there are advantages to that, definitely. But what a lot of people, and again, flawed science, flawed beliefs, whatever it is, what they don't realize is that the human brain is not actually designed to function in everyday life Mm. with your hemispheres pulsing dominantly at the exact same frequency. So that's good for relaxation and for meditation. But to actually be able to function properly in real life, different parts of your brain are always flashing at different frequencies and it needs to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, I have incorporated that philosophy into my recordings. I have certain recordings that are dual brainwave. So they do different things to the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere to help the brain uh, to accommodate itself when it's in a real life situation as opposed to just in a meditative state. Okay, interesting. A, a, a pure meditative state. I'm actually in a meditative state almost all the time. Okay, why is that? <laughs> well, because I use the entrainment so much. Oh, I see. Okay. Because it's helping years, you with your brain natural. chemistry. Yeah, it's kind of like when you first started riding a bike, mm-hmm. a two-wheeler. And you needed the training wheels at first and you had to think about it a lot and how you're moving your body and positioning yourself. And then now you do it, it's like you don't even think. It's just natural. Mm -hmm. Well, that's how it is for me. I've been doing it for so long and so, you know, so often over the years that it just happens. I'm in a like I'm talking to you about this. My fingers are tingling, my toes are tingling, I feel (laughs) my body all warm and fuzzy. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are all traditional for me traits that I'm going into quote unquote, altered states. In reality, we're not putting you into an altered state. We're bringing you back to natural states. You exist currently in altered states, Mm -hmm. unnatural states. It is not natural to be an alpha for a second and a half and then move to something else, dominant, dominant, dominant. Under certain conditions, it is. 
Mm-hmm. But in life in general, you know, it's kind of like cortisol. Cortisol gets released when you are, you know, panicky, when you are freaking out. It's stress. Stressed. Right? Yeah. Yeah. If you're stressed all the time, you produce way too much cortisol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's problems in that. And it's the same thing with brainwave activity, except we flip it around. You're not getting enough neurochemistry. So it's not surprising to me that there's so many depressed people and there's so many sad people and there's so many anxious people and, you know, so much road rage and all the other stuff that goes on, sadness in general. Uh, What people should understand in my way of thinking, if they want to understand my philosophy better, is that I believe it's that neurochemistry that actually allows you to feel what you feel. And that's why brainwave entrainment is so important because it allows you to balance out your neurochemistry. And not just that, not just the benefit of listening, because it retrains your brain. It brings it back to a more natural way. It teaches it what it has lost because it doesn't use. Let's say you speak English, but you also spoke Spanish, but you moved to Canada where almost no one speaks Spanish. So you don't use your Spanish. Mm-hmm. 10 years pass, 20 years pass, 30 years pass. You go home and you find that you're fumbling over all your words because you haven't used your Spanish in all this time. Sure right? Yeah. It's, that's a way of thinking about it. So your brain has forgotten how to function normally and brainwave entrainment through something called the frequency following response. And I don't want to bog people down with scientific terms, but basically that's what I was talking to you about with the music when you're tapping or bopping yourself and it's just happening automatically because you're listening. Mm -hmm. This is something, this is a function of the brain that happens automatically. So when you listen to these sculpted tones, your brain will naturally start following them. And If you listen regularly, your brain learns how to get back into these states naturally by itself. So when you're in a stressful situation, you'll find that you recover quicker. You don't get as freaked out because your brain instinctively knows how to react and actually now knows how to do, you know, knows how to complete the reaction Mm -hmm. because before it knew it needed to do something but it couldn't figure out what because it hasn't done it in so long Mm -hmm. or maybe in many cases ever. That's true. Yeah. But it is designed for that. It's designed that way. So it's all basically brain chemistry is what you're saying. Brain chemistry is what allows you to feel what you feel. Mm -hmm. If you have a partner at home and you get home from a hard day at work and you give him or her or even your doggy (laughs) a hug, Mm -hmm. you know, and it makes you feel so nice, that's that's popularly known as oxytocin. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a hormone that gets released. They call it the hugging hormone (laughs) and it makes you feel warm and fuzzy. But all of your neurotransmitters, endorphins and hormones make you feel different things. So if you're interested in what I'm talking about, that's because on some level, your brain chemistry is producing neurochemical soup, what I call a neurochemical soup that is designed, like literally genetically designed to allow you to feel what you expect to feel. So, wow, I'm really interested in this. So you kind of feel interested or boy, am I bored. (laughs) So you'll start yawning, right? The neurochemistry will create these circumstances that actually allows you to feel what you feel. Mm -hmm. Without that neurochemistry, you won't feel anything. You can say, boy, that guy really turns me on or that girl really turns me on, but you won't feel any physical reaction to that Mm -hmm. because you won't really be turned on because you don't have the neurochemistry that is signaling to you that you're Mm -hmm. turned on and allows you to actually feel that you're turned on or to feel that you're loved or to feel tender or to feel angry for that matter or Mm -hmm. stressed or tense. (laughs) 
This has been part one of our interview. I hope you'll tune in next week for part two. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, please take a moment to give the podcast a review. It's greatly appreciated and super helpful. Until next time.